Welcome to the Sherlyn Shirley Show. And today I have a great guest. Uh, her name is Jen Farnborough, and she's here in Wisconsin Rapids. She's running for the local school board. Welcome to the show, Jen. Oh, thanks, Cheryl. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I appreciate you being on here. And I, I just wanted to start out maybe with um, in introducing yourself and telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. I have lived in the Wisconsin Rapids area since 2005, if I think back. Prior to that, I grew up in central Wisconsin in Nielsville. I had a couple jobs over in uh, oh the Fox Valley area before settling back here in central Wisconsin. My husband and I have a blended family. Um, all together, we have five kids. They're ages 14 to 21. All went through Wisconsin Rapids Public Schools. And we actually still have two currently at Lincoln High School. Wow. Yeah. It keeps, it keeps us you really busy, busy, busy Cheryl. And <laughs> let me tell you, they eat a lot of food. <laughs> and I'm drink certain. a lot of milk. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of milk. Yes. A lot yeah. of milk. And I went to school, actually, was a teacher for the first part of my working career. I was a teacher for 22-ish years, um, 16 of those years here in Wisconsin Rapids. I taught um, German at the middle level and at the high school level. So back to the days when it was East and West Junior High, uh, now it's Rams, and then at Lincoln. I had a career change. I now work for Inclusa, um, and Inclusa is a Wisconsin company, but we have a local Wisconsin Rapids office, and Inclusa is called... It's considered what's called a managed care organization. Um, we help disabled and elderly people in the community who get state benefits. So we're contracted by the state to help manage those benefits for them. We get to go to their houses and meet them and learn about what their needs are and then coordinate um, services for them. Well, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like you're still out in the community and helping people. Yeah, I really like that. You know, my favorite part of the job is going to people's houses, getting to meet them, um, learning what's important to them, and then how we can, you know, meet meet their values and their needs for their health and safety. Why are you? Why did you choose to run for school board? I have had a long history of passion for education. After I graduated high school, I went to UW-Whitewater to continue my education. I got a degree in secondary education and was a teacher, like I had mentioned, for over two decades. Even though that I had a career change, my passion for learning still remains. I have great interest in having a positive, growing community, and with that, I think, comes um, excellent education opportunities for the youth. And I still want to be involved in the schools with my kids are at high school, you know, I don't get to go in and volunteer really and things like that. Being involved in, in helping guide good curriculum, good programs that will give our kids good future opportunities. And even when my kids aren't in school anymore, I'm still going to have that passion. I worked a long time with middle level and high school students and really enjoy uh, the youth and understand what they what their needs are. 
And I think that I have this opportunity, I can take this opportunity to take all the things that I've learned over the years, having worked in schools and worked with young people and try to make this a better system for us. When I think about that, first of all, let me say thank you for being a teacher for 22 years. That's a very long time. And I'm sure that there are a lot of students that you connected with, as well as friends and people that you got to know over the years. The culture in the schools, what would you say the culture is in the schools here? Because obviously you have children there, plus you taught there. Yeah. Um, Well, my kids right now currently um, go to Lincoln High School. My uh, daughter that's at Lincoln, she is very... I guess I'd say more into the academic part. My son, you know, he goes to school, but his big thing, he loves football and, you know, sports <laughs> and things like that. So I get a viewpoint, um, well, their perspective from a couple different areas. They go to school for their things. You know, I think that they're typical teenagers. There are things about school they like and there are things that they don't like. I've been out of school for over over a year now. So it's hard for me to, you know, I don't have that inside look like I did in the past. But I have a lot of teacher friends, of course, that I've made over the years. And I think that I what I hear and from my both my kids and from my friends that are teachers, is I hear there's still a lot of, I don't want to call it relearning, but it's maybe readjusting to school life after the pandemic. Kids and teachers had to change very suddenly a couple years ago. And now we're trying to quote, go back to normal. And I think that the culture is a a bit of trying to rework that out because so much changed in how the teachers were teaching, what the expectations were from administrators, um, and how students were learning. Um, of course, changed. Sure. So there, there's a lot of struggle, I think, that I hear in learning these new tools, you know, the online stuff, and how do we make that all mesh with all the different kinds of learners that are out there? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, uh, what do you think the, the good and the bad is here? Because you have to see it. I mean, that's we have to see it in order to make change. So the good and the bad and the strengths and the weaknesses, uh, you hit on a few of them already. Just one of those yeah. things, though, that we really need to look at that. Sometimes you have to pull the scab off to really see everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and we have to try to work together to fix it. Yeah, I I see every day, well, I shouldn't say it, maybe not quite every day because I, I have communication with teachers, you know, not every day, but I see constantly great commitment from our staff. When I hear my friends talk about some of the difficulties they're having in teaching and knowing that they're staying in the job, I'm often in awe of the amount of work that they put in and the frustration that they are pushing through to stay. Mm-hmm. However, I think a weakness is they are having those frustrations and they're having those struggles. I'm not sure what's being done about it to help them. Right. And I, 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 and I, and I do have a concern about teacher retention mm-hmm. um, and mental health. And, and we could talk about mental health really for all students and staff, the whole school community. But I do think there is a weakness is that there is that struggle. And I want the teachers, I want teachers to be able to know that somebody's listening to what their needs are because Absolutely. we don't we don't need to I don't want our district 
or administrators, the school board, to be the tools to burn out. Right. Correct. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. I'd like to, you know, really retain those teachers. Experience is important. It brings a lot. There's lots of value in that in the classroom. Well, you do know that last year, uh, 38 teachers left the area. Not all of them left due to retirement, which that tells me that there's something going on. Oh, there's there was a high number of uh, new hires this year, and that is concerning. Absolutely, when you're having a to take a lot of resources to train those teachers, um, but also you, like I had mentioned, you're losing that experience. So, yep. absolutely, I agree. I'd like to see something put in place that an evaluation of the work culture, whether it's you know surveys or interviews with the employees. What is it that's missing here? Because they're the ones that are going to know it. They're the ones that are, you know, quote, boots on the ground. Their input is very valuable. And getting that input from the people that are with the kids, the teachers, they're with the kids all day, the parents, they're with the kids all night, you know, in the evenings and the weekends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And getting all that, those voices together and looking at that feedback is going to be very valuable into solving some of these problems. Sure. And some of that experience that you had working there is helpful in that area. Uh, you know, I guess my concern that I have witnessed as a community member, obviously I've heard this with you that I really, I don't have any children going to school here and I don't have any grandchildren that go to school, but part uh-huh. of my passion comes from uh, the past and being serving on a school board and also realizing that student achievement is extremely important. And it just seems like I know COVID put a big dive in that, but what I'm noticing yeah. here is that we have a very large disparity and We have open, I mean, enrollment is declining and it's been declining for a while, not just because a mill closed. This has been going on uh, largely over the last 10 years. What you see now is it's just progressive. There was uh, like over 400 kids left the district from January of last year to September of this year. That's gigantic. Mm -hmm. School districts don't usually deal with that kind of uh, a loss. Right. And how do you come up with ideas and thoughts on how to keep the kids here. I know that the school did a survey and I actually have read some of the survey uh, answers and I was appalled truthfully, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, And a little concerned Uh, about how do we get school board members on there that really do have the passion and the uh, ideas that can change the atmosphere. And I kind of look at this, I I served in the Navy. So I kind of look at this as a, a leadership issue, you know, and the leadership, it's chain of command. It's your, it's your school board first and the school board president who right now happens to be the incumbent running again. And he's been on the school board for well over 15 years. It's just been declining ever since. And it's just really a shame to me. If we don't help these children, then what's going to happen to us 10 years from now? You know, we're going to have kids out there that are reading at 30 percentile. That's just not acceptable to me. So I need people on the board that I know we'll look at that and say, we need to really fix this. We, we have to figure out how, what's going on. It, like you said, a suggestion of a survey from teachers, because they're in the culture. They see it every day. Right. They're in the trenches. Right. Do you have any ideas? Or, or I also want to know, will you hold the district, the administrators, hold them accountable and let's see what the problems are that we face in student achievement. Why are we not getting there? And I know it's, this isn't just, I'm not picking on rapids, okay? I know this is statewide and all. 
nationwide. But the point is, this is where we live and we care about our community. So we really want to try to work towards that and we need to do it together. Yeah, definitely. Nobody wants to lose any amount of kids, right, to open enrollment that are, you know, to have them going elsewhere. And in the past, the district, you know, took some measures to try to prevent that by instituting our own locally run um, virtual programs because kids were leaving, going to, you know, Wisconsin Virtual Academy or um, some of the other ones that, that were open enrollment um, options. And so we put in Central Oaks Academy and things like that for them, but we're still seeing that loss. And, and I agree with you, the mill is not the only reason why people are leaving. And finding out is important. You know, I hear from community members that they have concerns, you know, about the culture of certain school buildings in the district. Those things, I know that they're being worked on and they're going to have to continue to be worked on. You know, focusing on student behavior will be important, uh, making sure that the schools have plans in place and how to improve those types of uh, numbers, if you want to say. I know that they put out statistics and how many, you know, incidences ended up as office referrals or something like that. And I think mm -hmm. parents are really worried about that. Parents talk about that. The community talks about bullying. And we have to be paying attention to that. And we have to be asking those hard questions to the administrators and saying, what is going on and how are you finding out what's going on? What tools are you going to put in place to help address those problems? Um, yeah, so one of the issues that I hear out in the community is how are we supposed to keep our schools safe? Last year yeah. alone at the middle school and the high school, there was 94 times the police were called to the schools. 94 yeah. times. That is atrocious to me. So what is happening? I don't know. And I'm not trying to like, I mean, obviously, you don't have all the answers. And I don't expect you to have all the answers. But I just wonder, you know, some of the ideas and, and you've already mentioned some which are ideas to look ahead and to also hold hold accountable the people that are supposed to be held accountable. I think that's part of our problem, yeah. too. You know, when you don't have a school board that's functioning properly, this school board here does not do a self-evaluation uh, at all. They never have. And that just yeah. fascin it, it fascinates me and frustrates me all in the same sentence. How do yeah. you get better if you don't even look at yourself? Yeah, I've heard about those evaluations, and I'd really be interested in seeing what that would be like and discussing that. Uh, everybody whether it's at your job or in your personal life, I think should be looking at self-improvement. You know, I'm always wanting to, you know, at home, budget my money better or yes. be become a faster runner or something like that. And, and we should do that at work as well. And the school board is no exception, is doing an evaluation and looking at having goals and setting, you know, different kinds of benchmarks maybe to achieve Especially um, when you're p using the taxpayer money to pay everything. And when we can tap into so many resources, there's a lot of school boards, obviously, throughout the state of Wisconsin. There's the Wisconsin School Board Association of Wisconsin School Boards. Sorry, I can't remember the exact order of those words. <laughs> um, but we can tap into resources and see, you know, what are some suggestions? What is ever, what are other people doing that is working? And even what are other people that doing that isn't working? Because if it's not working 
and somebody else has already tried it out, you know, we might want to look really closely and say, well, maybe that's not the right one and move on to check something else. Do you have some ideas? I think something that can help too is maybe getting more community members and businesses involved in the schools. When I say that, what I mean is uh, I know of one school that has like a uh, win the day approach. You can come up with a little motto and you can go around to businesses and get them involved. And this is something that I think is really important. If you own a business in this area, you want to have children that are that are uh, graduating that want to come to work if they don't go on to school somewhere or onto a vocation, that they come out prepared to work. You should care about that. And I, I hear people talking about that as well. And I just kind of wondered if maybe you had any ideas on getting community members or businesses more involved in the school, helping students in, in, um, in any way, especially yeah. towards achievement. Actually, for a very, very long time, I've felt very passionate about connecting the school with a community. Um, sometimes I think that they live independently of each other. And, you know, there's that community, the school community, and then there's our, our town, our city, our, our school district. In order to really address so many of the things that are going on, we have to have a multifaceted approach that includes all these entities. You know, if we're looking at trying to improve student behavior, I think it makes sense that we tap into family resources and talk to parents and provide education and opportunities for them to learn. This is what we do at school for this. Maybe give us some feedback and an exchange of ideas. And then I, I think what you said was really, really important is that by connecting our students to the community, we build we build people who will want to be invested in this community in the future. Mm -hmm. And that includes having opportunities that could be vocational. You know, Lincoln High School has a um, work study program, you know, where they have connections with where students do internships or, you know, employment at local businesses and they get some business, they get credit for it. And um, have to log certain things for their classwork, but we could do it in all sorts of ways. It wouldn't just have to be vocational, you know, like maybe it would be the the school high school theater program does some sort of an internship with the community theater. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe students who are really interested in pursuing careers in or volunteering in other areas, such as maybe domestic violence or the police, you know, the police force or the family center, um, and reaching out to make those connections. And I think when you have more people involved and, and more, you know, hands on deck, we can build a more successful model. We have to keep trying, that's for sure. And we have to get community yeah. mem members and businesses involved. And we yep. have to look at everything and anything we can possibly. One, one thing that hits on me, well, there's two. The first one that maybe you can address a little bit is uh, policies the uh, school board policies. And I don't know if you've gone onto the district website lately and looked at any of the board policies. I did that because there were policies I was looking for, and I'll tell you that next. Uh, mm -hmm. But first, and these board policies, many of these board policies uh, are dated back to the year 2000. They haven't been revised or looked at, and it's 2023. Yeah. It's almost unbelievable to me that you would even have a policy that would be passed, let's say, 2015 or even 2020, especially with revising since COVID. Yeah. Now, uh, I've looked into a lot of them. I really have. And I, I realize that many school boards have, uh, 
you know, ad hoc committees or they have a policy committee even. But policies should be revised or looked at, reviewed at least, um, every few years just to make sure that you're staying up with everything, especially technology and the way the world is now. Yes, I I agree with that. I have looked at the policies. I haven't read all of them. It's quite a large manual. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but when you, but it is it behooves me to, of course, go through those if I'm looking to have a seat on the uh, on the school board. And I have noticed too that some of them are older, and there should be some some sort of a rotation. You know, you think there'd always be uh, updating of policies, especially when there's so many. You know, if you break it down into smaller chunks and review them in, in some sort of a organized fashion, then they can be updated and kept up to date. Yeah, but, I think but you're right. A lot has changed since COVID. A lot. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's reasonable to think that you would have uh, any type of virtual learning policies listed. Now they have policies, internet policies, and all. This, for instance, happened just recently. There was an ice day. I don't know if you're aware of that, but, you know, an inclement weather day. Parents that contacted me that said, and actually a grandparent, too, that contacted me, and they were just kind of questioning. It was a day of instruction, supposedly, but the grandchild is in fourth grade. They had to check in on their laptop at 10 and 2, but there was no work for them to do. Oh, mm mm-hmm. And that says to me, well, that's an instruction day because there are a certain amount of instruction days we have to have. Where's the policy that gears towards that? We should should certainly have something, especially after COVID. So I contacted the school and asked for a policy because I went on and looked and there is none. And I was a little bit shocked by that because I would think we have learned our lesson for sure on virtual learning. Yeah. I would wonder, I would question, I don't know if you question this or not, if there are individual building policies, because I'm wondering if each administrator within their own building sets expectations for the teachers and then is responsible then on their own in their own with their own crew to make sure that that's being followed through on. Well, great um, point. I did not and, do that. Yeah. But- I can tell you that I am going to contact the curriculum director and ask if there's a policy and if they are at each school and what's going on. But that policy should be district level, too. Yeah, that would be definitely I think that would be good to have that uniformity amongst all the kids. Yes. I mean, the mission statement, the goals. I don't see any smart goals here. I see really no vision. And if it is, it's not measurable. If you're not measuring those goals and hold and, and using them and the data as well, the data is out there. Uh, DPI has a lot of data on the school report cards. I don't like to base anything, everything on that. But when I see us dropping in scores and we're not reading, you know, in, in math and it's just very frustrating. That's the citizens that we're putting out into the world. And it's just wrong. And we have to have new blood, new people with new vision, and that have a drive and a passion as well. Yeah, I wanted to comment on what you said about data. And I think data is absolutely you know, very important in what drives decision making and collecting data, as you know, you know, like you said, the state does it and teachers do it all the time. You know, they're collecting data on test scores and daily assignments and data thing is, yeah, data does, should, should be driving decision making. Um, Teachers are making data, are collecting data all the time, formative assessments and summative assessments, test scores, you know, all sorts of things that they do with their students. I mean, we can be doing that in 
and as school overall, as we look at like in a report card from the state of Wisconsin on graduation rates and reading levels and things like that, you know, I want, I do want to come back to when, like you commented on student achievement Mm -hmm. is get getting in the classroom, talking to the teachers. I, I have a friend who, who confides in me about her job at school. I keep wondering, well, how come nobody is listening to her? Who's going to talk to her? Is anybody listening? Um, The teachers and the, the aides of course are in there too. They're invaluable to the district. They're, they know what's missing oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, and I'm not saying it's a matter of um, let's throw money at it because I don't think that's a salute because we have to be budget wise too. And we've got to be responsible for tax. We're good. We're supposed to be good stewards of taxpayer dollars. What are the changes we could make in procedure or what are the changes we could make in scheduling or, you know, what are some of those creative changes that might allow for instruction to be delivered in a more effective manner or maybe an efficient manner? So that student achievement can rise because we're doing a better job. School board is a nonpartisan position. And I guess I just want to know, can you and will you work with all members on the board to represent what's best for our students? I think that is very important. I totally agree. When I decided to do this, I it was I was a little bit out of my comfort zone because I don't like to get into, quote, politics with people. I said to my husband, I really want to run for school board, but this isn't politics. (laughs) (laughs) I said, this is educational leadership. I think that people see it as politics because it's an elected position. As I like to say, educational leadership position, the job is to work with everybody. And I I work with people very well. Like I said, with my job, I I go to people's homes, I talk with all walks of life and and deal with all sorts of challenges on a day-to-day basis. And I can work with lots of people with different opinions. And I can easily listen, take in their viewpoints, and I learn from other people. I can exchange ideas in in a healthy way and value what other people have to say. Well, there's some information out there, uh, the eight characteristics of a uh, effective school board. And I don't know if you've looked Mm. at that or not, but if I was you, I would certainly look it up. And Uh I can tell you that our school board here is failing from all of those characteristics, unfortunately. The community here needs to open their eyes to the fact that it is not helping our children, our children, our students' achievement is is way down. Enrollment is down, declining. We have um, low morale. I know that just from talking to people myself. Now listening to you, I know it for sure. To say if you have any more information, Jen, that you'd like to share, and also if you have uh, places where people can find out more information about you or a Facebook page or any kind of social media or something like that, please give us that information in case people want to reach out and ask you questions. Whatever you're comfortable with giving is fine. Yeah, absolutely. I am on Facebook without a doubt. My candidate page is Jen Farnborough for WRPS School Board, but my last name is kind of tricky to spell, so I have to spell it for people. (laughs) It's (laughs) Farm, F-A-R-M, and then B-R-O-U-G-H. Okay. And I think I think I'm one of the only Gen Farmers in the whole world. So <laughs> even if you just type that in, 
you're not going to get that many options. <laughs> so I am on Facebook. I also have coming out. I, they just arrived today, actually. I have little business cards that I made up and I am going to be passing them out to people who are interested with my phone number and my email because I do want people to feel comfortable to reach out and know that their voice can be heard and somebody's going to listen. Phone number that anybody could reach me at about school board issues is 715-741-8000. And that goes right to my cell phone. I do work during the day. So it's I don't, you know, answer every call that comes in immediately. But if people leave me messages or have a concern or want to just chat about this opportunity, and if they have more questions for me, I'd be happy to answer and talk with anybody really about that. Okay, well, I'm going to put a little disclaimer on there. People, please don't call her and give her a hard time. If you want to call her and ask her a question, do that. But do That's, not call to give somebody a hard time. I don't appreciate yeah, that at thank all. You, so thank you're very you. brave giving your phone number out, girl. <laughs> I want people to understand that I'm open. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the message that I want. You know, that's a big message that I think our community needs to hear from the school board is I'm open and I'm here. Yes. Um, and I think by saying, like, here's my number, you can call me. I think that will hopefully try to, you know, bring it, bring things back together. I bring hope people so too. Back, to that, back together. Yes. Sometimes communities need healing. I know there were battles going on and people were very upset. It's time to move on. Let's get yeah. some people on the school board who really care about education and let's move forward. Let's, right. let's help our kids. That's let's, the most important let's thing. Let's do it for our kids. Let's be, let's move forward. I like it. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of my thought. I just wanted to say thank you very much for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate it. I am going to mention the fact that there is a, a an incumbent, John Krings, who's running. He did not want to do the interview, or at least he hasn't responded at all. And mm-hmm. also, um, Kathy Stebbins hints has not responded at all. And there are, are five total and they have a primary on February 21st. I tell people, please look into each candidate, be thoughtful, uh, look at their information, contact them if you'd like. Or, or you should notice the fact that the incumbent, like I said, has been on here a long time. And actually the whole time he's been on here, is when the declining enrollment and all has has happened. So to me, it's happened on his watch. That's the military in me, Jen. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for serving for us, though, Cheryl. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. I'd do it again. Uh, So that's good. I'll take, I'll keep the root canal that I had today over. (laughs) So we'll just trade off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd say thank you for having a root canal, but actually that makes my jaw hurt. So I can't do that. You, oh my thank, goodness. I do appreciate you coming on very much. So it was very nice talking to you and I wish you the best. Good luck. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, I appreciate you. your time. This was great. Well, thank you. You have a good nice. night. You too. Nice to get All to right. know you. Talk to you, you later. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.